0: Hi, I'm Matt Falk, coming at you from Hadi da Studio. Welcome to Past, Present, Future, the only podcast in the universe that dares to appease the ghosts of comedy past, comedy present, and comedy yet to come. My guest today is a stand-up comedian and actor, originally from Cairo, Egypt, now based out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. He has taken the comedy scene by storm in a relatively short amount of time. He was featured on the comedy record special, Winnipeg Comedy. He's a regular and favorite at Rumor's Comedy Club, Yuck Yucks, Wee Johnnies, The Handsome Daughter, and The Basement. He's performed on the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, including being asked to do battle on Your Hood's a Joke, the revolutionary and hilarious show sweeping the globe. His own live show format, The Pretty Good Comedy Show, with friend of the podcast, Spencer Adamus, showcases his quick wit Ferocious joke writing and likable personality, which are also on display on his podcast, What's Emmanuel Thinking? As an actor, he's been featured on the hit CBC and BET drama The Porter, which was the most nominated show at the 11th Annual Canadian Screen Awards, and he is the current reigning title holder of Winnipeg's Funniest Person with a Day Job. Please welcome Emmanuel Lomereau. Hi, Emmanuel.
1: Oh my goodness, that was the best introduction I've ever had, and I'm including childbirth. So,
0: wow, yeah, yeah, I beat out your mom. That's incredible. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that, no, and she, she worked very hard. So that's it a lot.
0: <laughs> she did. Yes, she did. Well, that's uh, that's the best compliment I've ever got on an introduction. No one has ever said that was better than my mother giving birth to me. So that's <laughs> yes. that's great. That's how I took it at least. Emmanuel, thank you so much for doing the show. Um, so you and I have only met recently because yeah. you've only been on the scene recently. I don't know exactly how long it's been. We'll get into that. But uh, you I've been seeing you at every single open mic, every single room that I go to. You're there as well. You're working so hard. And you're 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 getting up in like every single room, which is so cool, because not every comic goes up in every room and can do well in every room, myself included. There are just certain rooms that I just I just don't do as well at, but you just seem to crush it every location you go to.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Sometimes I don't feel like it, but, you know, we just power through those nights.
0: (laughs) That's right. And the other thing I wanted to say is that every time I see you, it feels like you're doing new stuff and I've talked to other comics about you behind your back and have said this to them that I don't understand how you're doing this. You have not been doing this long enough to be this good of a joke writer. I don't understand how you're pulling this off.
1: Yeah. Well, it actually started off really early on when I decided I'm like, Hey, I'm going to do standup comedy. And I started telling friends that I was like, yeah, I'm a comedian now. And I had one friend in particular who actually um, tried it on his own once upon a time, but it's like a huge comedy nerd about it. Yeah. And he said, you have to write a new joke every single day. Okay, wow. So this is before I got on stage yeah. and not knowing anything about stand-up, I thought that meant that I had to come up with a new like three or five minutes, every open mic I went to. So <laughs> for the first like four months of standup, I'd be stressing every day, because there's, because at the time there was open mics literally Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then book shows Friday, and I'm there. Like, how am I going to write new stuff every day? This is impossible. This, so <laughs>
0: you're you're telling me that your entire writing ability stemmed from a misunderstanding? Very much so. Yes. <laughs>
1: That's incredible. Yeah, it, it was only up until about like, I think four or five months in, I had one of the old, it might've been like Green or someone like Mike Green or one of the other comics. I was just like, oh yeah, you need to work on material. And I didn't know what that concept meant. They're like, oh, right. the jokes that you write, you work on them and they get better and better over time. You add new tags and literally just teaching me the basics of like putting a joke together. I was like, oh, okay. And then right. Right. But then it worked out for the best now because I'm like, oh, I have like this four months of jokes that I've written out, like a new one every yeah. single day and like a new three minutes here and five minutes here that I could work out and kind of sift through all the, the garbage and find yeah. the gold, right? <laughs>
0: well, that's exactly it because if you're going to build a fire, you need kindling and you yeah. had four months worth of kindling. I don't know how many minutes you had at that point, but I'm assuming yeah. it was enough to look at that and go, okay, what's yeah. the best of the best here? How, what do I trim? What do I add to? How do I kind of construct uh, a cohesive set out of this yeah
1: I mean of the four months I maybe got like five minutes out of it but five minutes is a start you know
0: <laughs> five minutes is a huge start. I have a, yeah. uh, I have like a number system that I, I taught I tell young comedians about, which is okay the numbers are three, five seven, 10, 15, 20, 25 30, 45, 60. those are like the minute marks you need to hit. You know, because that three minute mark, when you first get up in an open mic, you know, the very first time you get up on stage, at most, the host is going to say, you can do three minutes. So that's yeah. all you really need. And then you've been doing it longer at these open mics, five minutes, then seven minutes. That's a good feature spot. Hey, you know, yeah. you're going to Rumors Comedy Club or whatever, and you want to get a spot right before the headliner. You can do seven minutes. There you go. Yeah. And, and it just it kind of builds from there. So five minutes, that, that's a very crucial base.
1: Yeah, and it was good because it was like five minutes of good stuff, and then a whole lot of fluff that I could put in there when needed. Hey, man, we need needed to do ten. You got ten? I I'll get to ten. You know
0: <laughs> that that initial hey, do you have insert number here? The answer is always yes, always yeah. <laughs> yes. When I was when when I was first starting out, I did a lot of magic. That's how I started in magic, and then I went to stand up comedy. And right. then so like my first headlining at Rumors, there was magic. In that show, oh, yeah. not like comedy magic. I'm talking literal. <laughs> hey, I've run out of jokes. Here's a deck of cards. Let's see what <laughs> we can do. It was yes, yeah, so you gotta have the fluff to build.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember. You know, it's, here's another funny story about the saving grace of COVID. Everyone talked about the negatives. I have a positive story. So it's
0: about time. Oh, yeah.
1: So I got booked to do um, I had a friend that worked with like this this uh, charity board that was launching the Bruce Oak Foundation at the time. Right. So, right. so the the rehabilitation center for, for drug use and all that other good stuff. Well, like the, the center is good.
0: Right. I, I knew what you meant. Yeah. But good to clarify. Good to clarify. Yes. So
1: they were doing a huge like charity event to launch the, the opening of this place. It was going to be at the Met um the who's who the city politicians yeah. uh, athletes from the jets everybody in the city was going to be there and they had a whole bunch of music musical acts set up but they had like a 15 20 minute slot where there was nothing to do but yeah. they're like hey emmanuel you're a stand-up comedian and i had a good friend that was on the board he's like hey why don't you go up there and do yeah. about 15 20 minutes of comedy and again i had my five uh ready to go so <laughs> of course i said yeah, of course i could do 20 minutes that's not a problem yeah never done a show act i hadn't even booked i've been booked on a couple shows at that point like a new faces like but really small crowds 10 15 people not yeah not 400 500 of course right so and i realized of my five minutes one of the jokes i had was about uh drugs and i'm like (laughs) i don't know if i can do this
0: joke At this venue. <laughs> <laughs> Got to start filtering it. Oh, no. Yep. Now now you're down to three minutes. Okay, good. Exactly. And if I was to do that joke that I'd have to cut out all the
1: drug references, I would just be a joke about bears in the woods, which isn't very funny. It's just not bad. Do. That's where they yeah. live. That's yeah. So bears in the woods.
0: Anyways, on to the next one. <laughs> so He just tells us where animals live and what habitat they have. Fish yeah. in the lakes. That's my next bit. Hope you enjoy that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but luckily, by uh, by the good graces of the world, COVID shut everything down. <laughs> so, oh, I see. So it got pushed back, it got pushed back, and eventually just canceled because it had been pushed back for like a year or so or two years because no one could really get together. And they're like, you know what? Everyone that purchased a ticket was like, I think they ended up just being like, hey, we're just going to take it as a donation and then just like open up the venue. Because it was like two years at that point. You can't have like, a launch party. No. like that's like having a house warming after living in it for three years. It's like okay, this warm house is warm
0: enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, this house is plenty warm. You just want presents. Let's just be exactly. honest. Yeah, yeah. I'm so curious as to how that show would have gone. I feel I I mean I mean you're you're a brilliant comedian. How do you but how do you feel you would have done I if that was me and I had five minutes I was asked to do 20, I I would have bombed. How oh. how do you think you would have done
1: I would have started sweating. Uh, I sweat on a good day when I'm not nervous. I I would have been immediately drenched just off the jump. I would have probably burned through my first couple of minutes really quick and then just start to riff and then just try to find a politician in there and ask what they do for a living. You know, just ask the dumbest question. Find the most famous person in there. So what are you doing
0: here? Uh, I'm
1: the organizer of this event. What are you doing here, sir? (laughs) I'm trying to survive this next 15 minutes of what I'm doing. (laughs)
0: I am waiting. I'm at home right now in my imagination, so leave me alone is what I am. Emmanuel, I don't know if you can hear that or sense that presence, but we are about to get our very first visitation, my friend. Oh, I'm excited. I am the ghost of comedy past. Today I take you to the thing about stand up that drew you in. Ooh. Oh, boy. What drew me into stand-up comedy? What was that thing that drew you into stand-up? Because we all know there are better ways to express your thoughts. There are more healthy ways to spend an evening. So what (laughs) what was it about stand-up that just drew you right in there?
1: Well, uh, I've always been a fan of stand-up you know, growing up, I'd always watch stand-up, obviously, you know, the Eddie Murphy's, Cat Williams, Dave Chappelle's, Mm. um, Bill Burr, like every, I used to watch so much stand-up growing up, um, and then I eventually just, like, would always get told, like, as I grew up, like, oh man, you're super funny, and then he's like, oh, you should try stand-up, you should try stand-up, so it took a little bit, it probably took a year before I even, like, went to go watch an open mic at Wee Johnny's, and, Mm. like, The first night I went, I guess it was, I think it might have been a Friday, and there was an actual book show, right? So it was like, oh, well, these people are actually pretty good. And then I went (laughs) on a Wednesday, and then it was open mic, and then I watched bomb after bomb after bomb. And then the light bulb went off. I was like, oh, I don't have to be good at this, and I don't know these people. So I could just try this, and if I suck... This is just in the abyss of life that I don't need to tell anyone about, and it never happens, right?
0: That's incredible. Okay, so you're a fan. Yeah. You yeah. go to see a booked show, and you go, oh, man, okay, this is tricky. Maybe this isn't – I don't know if I necessarily want to do this right away because you have don't yeah. have any – you've never done this before. And then you exactly. see an open mic, and you go, for lack of a better term, well, I could do that.
1: Yeah, it's like yeah, I can go up and not make people laugh. That's not an issue. Right? <laughs> right.
0: I, I could easily bomb on this stage.
1: Yeah, that was really that was literally the one thing. I was all like, I was more scared watching people do good, but like watching people not have a good time. I was like, oh, I could also provide a horrible night to people. So I'm that's not right. worried about that. That's, I've that's ruined people's
0: nights before. <laughs> Unprofessionally. That's right. That's right. So what year is it that you first get up on stage? Uh, I decided, uh, it was
1: 2019, I believe that the, that, that was the year right. one of the pandemic.
0: 2020 was the year one of the pandemic technically.
1: Okay. So, so my, so the timing of it was, I finally decided to get on stage and then about six months later, yeah. uh, everything shut down for the first time. That, that was the timing of my, uh, comedy start.
0: Were you writing when everything shut down or did you just stop? Yeah. So that's no, that's when I
1: really ramped it up. Um, and I had that good friend of mine actually we we had a scheduled call where he would call me every day because I also used to work with him, too. Yeah, so he would call me every day at like three o'clock, and I would have to tell him the joke that I wrote that day. So
0: nice. because this is the guy who's telling you every day you got to write a joke and now he's yes. holding you accountable <laughs> to this rule that he made up. Yes, Manuel, yes. if you want to be yes. a comedian, listen, you're gonna have to eat halibut <laughs> yes. every Tuesday. Okay, was, so uh, I'm gonna call every Tuesday to make like just making stuff up here. Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I mean, he's not a comedian. That's the funny thing. He's not a comedian. <laughs> I think I think he did drama in high school, um, and that's the gist of
0: like he's yeah. He worked in tech. Like he was. He just liked comedy. He, he <laughs> and, liked comedy, and he wanted to be somebody's manager. So he's like, listen. Yeah, here exactly. we go. <laughs> that's yeah, incredible. I have to go
1: to my mechanic for dental advice as well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh, man. So the thing that really drew you in was it wasn't just your love. It was the thought that I could do this. And then you did oh, it. Yeah, exactly. And then you, had, you, you obviously did well that first time in 2019. Or did you? Yeah. Or did you bomb? I I actually did really well.
1: I got, yeah. I got a huge, like I did one joke. I had one story that I was telling. And it, like I got a huge pop. And I was like, oh, this is, this is good. And I was smart enough to leave the bank with you know the chips in hand. So I got
0: on stage. <laughs> I'm going to leave. I'm going to bunker down until this disease is done. And then I'm going to come back strong. Exactly. I remember the first time that I saw you live, I, I was quite blown away. Oh. I was like, Whoa, who's this guy? This is impressive. And then it was like, I saw you a couple more times after that. And then it went, my brain at first went, Oh, he's incredibly likable. The audience like loves this guy. And then after like three or four times seeing you live, I was like, this guy is writing like nobody else. And I had no idea that it was because you had this one know-it-all friend who didn't know anything, who was saying, you got to write a new joke every day. And uh, it was, but the the times I would see you, uh, I'm sure you had bad sets, but the times I saw you, it didn't seem like, oh, he's trying this out. It felt like this is his stuff. This is like good, solid material. I've just been – and then you just kept going. And then when you finally – when you won Winnipeg's Funniest Person with a Day Job, to me, it was like, uh, oh, it doesn't even feel like Emmanuel's an amateur anymore. Like I know you still have a day job, but it was like – I was like, oh, no, Emmanuel's in – he's in. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. A little bit of controversy with that. Um, I actually – I got laid off. The same week that I won the contest. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're I
0: blowing surprised. this story wide open. Actually, let's yeah. go back. Let's pretend that I had that scoop. Give me a second. Emmanuel, I yeah. have some notes here. I did some research. A little birdie told me. No, so you didn't have a job? So yeah, but you didn't yeah. you didn't tell anyone and I don't think they would have mattered.
1: Yeah, it's more of on a need to basis, and I don't think they needed to. They know? didn't need
0: to. <laughs> no. I think the spirit of Winnipeg's Funnies with a day job is that you were not doing stand up comedy full time professionally. That is yes. not. This is not your main thing. And at that yeah. point, you had. At that point, nothing was your main thing. So yeah,
1: exactly, you are, I wasn't working at clubs. So...
0: Yeah, everyone else they had a day job to fall back on. You had all this like stress yeah. and anxiety. You were at a disadvantage. If there
1: you know. go. Indeed. I had nothing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I had nothing. Nothing now but the title. And yeah, you've been crushing it ever since. Um, I would love to keep chatting about this with you. But I don't know if you can hear those beautiful festive bells. Oh, yeah. But here we go. I am the ghost of comedy present. Answer this. What's the worst part of stand-up comedy today? Ooh. Ooh, a little negative for the ghost of comedy present. What's the worst oh. part of comedy today?
1: Yeah, joyful voice, but uh, very... Yeah,
0: very pessimistic.
1: Yeah. And controversial question. That is, I don't mean what? to keep stirring up controversy. Yeah. No, I try... So my thing is, I, I understand the first reaction to anything is someone's like most honest reaction, okay? Right. So, um, but after that, you're allowed to review and assess and you know <laughs> take a look inward sometimes i often look inwards right most of the most of the problems in life you can solve with yourself and then anything external you know can no longer affect you i will say good. my first reaction to crowd work clips yeah was this is the worst thing that's ever happened to comedy wow <laughs> but the reason why is because i perceived a negative reaction to how it would translate to shows, right? Because I- Yeah, what no, do you mean by no, that? No comic likes hecklers, right? No comic likes hecklers, no comics. And, and it's funny because people have a different scale of what heckling is, right? Like some people are like, oh, I made fun of the comic that's a heckler. But sometimes it's like, no, they're just talking to you in the middle of your performance because sure. they don't understand that this is a performance. Like it might come off as natural and wow, this guy's just thinking about it on the spot. It's like, no, I've worked so hard to make this look easy. Yes, And you talking actually breaks up this whole flow, right? And I was worried that with all this rise of stand-up comedy clips, people would just come to comedy shows being like, oh, I could just hop into this conversation and also be funny.
0: So you thought that by everyone seeing these heckling and crowd work clips, that now yeah. crowds are going to go, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. When really exactly. that's it's, I, yeah. it could be an anomaly. It should be a rare thing that happens. Yeah, that's interesting because exactly. uh, for those who aren't comics, the reason why comics are posting uh, all those crowd work clips is that they're not burning their material online. Yes. And they're so they're, oh, I did a little riff with the audience member, boom, I'll post that. But yeah, it's true. I never thought about the negative consequences that could have. So now that you've had time to think about it, is that your actual, that that, uh, that is what you think is the worst part of stand up today, is these crowd work clips.
1: Uh, now I now I understand now I understand the the necessity of it, right? It's just like what you said. Hey, I can get material out there without actually burning material. I can make sure. it look like I can get. It's like a grab, you know. It's like a commercial, right? But also, I know that it's you know, crowd work is. Some people are very talented at it and like are phenomenal. For me, it's like it has to be like just a moment in time and right. like you, just, you just capture the right it's like oh wow everything's falling in place and sometimes it's like oh I have a bit that goes with this or like I already have a comeback or I've dealt with yeah, something that's like nice this and, right so it's always but like yeah but I, I'm still not a huge fan of the clip game because it's just like it's not material and people will send me clips oh this was so funny I can't believe you did it I was like hey look that's planned and I know what it is
0: <laughs> yeah that's right so what do you do then do you as a person who's like only been doing this for let's say four years like do, yeah. do you are you burning through your material online or are you saving it to record on an album or a special or what's your what, what do you do i i try i try to
1: balance between the two i bounce back yeah. and forth where i'm like yeah. oh man i'll post a crowd where a clip okay, that was okay. Or I'll post like some material, but I'll do like maybe just like the first punchline, right? Sure, like, sure. More tags to it or, or there's a whole beginning and like there's a bit of a, like I'll post a bit of a bit, you know, <laughs> a little bit of a bit. So, but it is very tough, right? Because I do, I'm in the process of trying to write out uh, my first album. Well, i have like, yes. I'm written out just a matter of planning it. And then I'm actually in the process of trying to write out two right now so that I know what my next project will be. Whoa. I want to get ahead of my I wanna plan ahead of myself, right? So I've written good for out you. Yeah. So but I'm like, okay, like what can I get rid of? Or like what jokes can I go record? And then obviously it depends, right? Like if I'm doing a show, you get a good clip. But if I'm doing an open mic and it's just like do I is this isn't even worth posting and some people are like yes and then you go online and you see these people and there's always that fomo right it's like oh man they're posting their horrible clips and getting thousands and thousands of likes and millions of views and they're like you know what i mean and you want to be that person but you also need to be like everyone runs their own race and you that's gotta right. be what's successful for yourself right
0: and what a different and bizarre thing that comedians nowadays have to start thinking about this wasn't an issue five years ago I mean, yeah. maybe starting five years ago, but it really, it, with the surge of like TikTok and Instagram stories and reels, oh, yeah. man, it just, it took off and it created this huge dilemma in yeah. comedians. And of course, oh, and now we're interrupted. I'm so oh, sorry. Goodness. I'm so sorry. Oh, no.
1: I am the ghost of comedy yet to come. What is your ultimate goal in stand-up? Oh, boy. Terrifying. Ultimate
0: goal. Ultimate goal. We're not talking about next five years. We're talking ultimate
1: for man Ultimate goal. Like, when... Uh, so you're saying when Emmanuel closes his eyes and he's doing his vision work and he has his He has this big plan that he doesn't show anybody because it's so crazy that they're going to be like, Emmanuel's gone a little bit loopy. We don't talk to him anymore.
0: I didn't ask it. The ghost asked it. I want you to answer the ghost question so we can. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me the deepest secrets you you have right now on this podcast. Go. I will
1: tell you right now, I have a vivid image in my mind when I close my eyes and I'm thinking about where I want to be is I am walking out and headlining the Canada Life Center in Winnipeg, Manitoba in front of a huge crowd because I just feel like this is where I started. And uh, that's kind of what I, that's, that's what I want to be able to do one day regardless, even if I do it once and it's like, if I go there and there's 10 people in there and they're like Emmanuel, you owe us a hundred thousand (laughs) dollars for booking this venue and selling (laughs) no tickets. I'll be like, not a problem. I'll pay you after my set and I'll declare bankruptcy on stage right after. That'll be my closing bit.
0: Well, no, hang on. You could do that tomorrow if you wanted to. No, I don't I don't want to skirt around this. The ultimate goal yes. is for you to have a big successful show at yes. the Canada Life Centre in Winnipeg. So mm-hmm. this would obviously be you've created um uh, a name, a brand, a career for yourself across the country, yeah. across the, you know, North America, the world, who knows. And yeah. you come back to Winnipeg and do this big show in your head right now. That's the moment where you look at it and you go, that's it. That's what nice. I'm, that's what I'm moving towards.
1: Yes. That, uh, that is right there. That is uh, that is like the piece de resistance. That could be, yes. that can, that could be like the middle of my career or whatever you have it. Like, That will always be the highlight, and it's like that's what I'm chasing. Even if I do bigger stuff after that or that's the the peak of my entire career, I'll be like that was was the goal, and I've achieved it. And obviously every time you hit a goal, you get a new one, but I know for a fact that one will be the most
0: meaningful for me. It's also so helpful to have a goal like that. Honestly, I don't think it's crazy at all because I think – you have to ask yourself, there's a million little decisions that come up every single day with stand-up comedy, and you have to ask yourself, does this thing lead me towards the goal? And if you don't have a goal, you don't know where you're going. You'll say yes to everything, or you'll say uh, no to the wrong things or the right things, and and you just, you'll just you be aimless. But to know yeah. where you're headed, I mean, that that is going to be of huge value to you.
1: Yeah, that's uh, and that's kind of the plan. That just saying yes to everything that is super important too. Coming up, and I learned that early on. Uh, middle pandemic, real quick story. Accidentally did a far right freedom fire barbecue. Oh no! Place. But the, here's the problem with people. Okay, they are very nice. People are just so nice. <laughs>
0: like, people wow, I happy. disagree so much with you, Emmanuel. <laughs> well, I I
1: don't experience I come to realize I also don't experience life the same way as a lot of people. Everyone's nice to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you're very likable. There you go. <laughs> All right, good. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so they're like, hey, I'm doing a barbecue. This guy asked me, I was like, yeah, cool. I was like, oh, yeah, sure, barbecue, that's not bad. It's outside. I don't mind it. Not a problem. Yeah, it's a, I have a pretty big backyard there will be about 50, 60 people. I was like, that's a lot. I wonder if you'll get in trouble. Not my problem. Anyway, so I show up to this place. He had, like, food going. He had kids playing games. Huge backyard. Everyone brought lawn chairs. He had a little... Yeah. Little stage setup did about an hour for them. Walked off stage, standing ovation. They absolutely loved me. I was like, oh, it's a good time. I was like, I gotta go. everyone's shaking my hand. Thank you so much for coming by. Blah blah. blah. They had a big banner. It said the oh. freedom, yeah, freedom fire barbecue. I was like, huh, oh, I like freedom. You know, it's so, freedom's good. Yeah, I go home, look back onto this guy's page, and I was like. And I start reading some of the stuff on his page. I was like, "Oh no!" (laughs) I actually did that show with a couple other comics, Uh, and like, he like he picked up on it pretty soon into his set because they he did this one bit about uh, you know American politics, and then he's all just like, "Oh yeah," he said like he just said the word the Democrats, and one person in the crowd said, "Oh, you mean the terrorists?" I was like, "Oh, oh, what's going on here?" (laughs)
0: Where are we, right? Now? I, that might be a tip. I might yeah. be in the wrong place right now. That's I know, right. but I
1: was I was busy eating good barbecue, so I wasn't even paying attention to what was going on on stage, right? But then they asked me to come back. And I was like, Yeah, I'm busy. Uh, I'm busy. <laughs> And I was like I can't show up vaccinated. They'll get mad at me for it. That's
0: right. Yeah. And you can't go back a second time. That really does like you're like I not only do I support you, but you're like yeah. one of my main causes. I've yeah. I repeatedly come back to this event year after year just to make sure that you guys are still doing OK.
1: Anything for stage time. Really?
0: anything For stage time. It was a lovely show. It was more of a rally, but it was really, really good. <laughs> It was really a lot of fun. Look at those little armbands. Those are adorable. Where did you guys get those? What does that even mean? Anyway, my name's Manuel. How do you get your hat so pointed? <laughs> Good word. Oh, boy. Man. Okay. So, you know as well as I do, the ghosts have brought us to these three places, not on accident. We brought you right to the beginning. You know, what was it about stand-up that drew you in and it was that your love of it, but then you saw people up there, you know, trying their best – who hadn't got it perfected, and you said, I, I could I could do that. I, there's, a, there's a ground. I, there's a place to start, and mm-hmm. I could start from that place. And then, you know, you, you worked up towards uh, being an incredibly successful and very uh, respected comedian who is now planning his whole, like, next couple of uh, specials out already. You know, you're already thinking critically about this crowd work and all this kind of stuff. That's what uh, the Ghost of Comedy Present brought us to. And then the Ghost of Comedy uh, yet to come, Canada Life Centre. Why these three places? What ties it together? What have you learned? Um, I've
1: I've learned, and this might get a little bit deep, or I don't know, deep, maybe a challenge for some people. But I've uh, throughout life, I've, I've talked to a lot of friends, and you know, coming to Canada as a refugee and watching, you know, my parents grow up and struggle, and a lot of families like mine grow up and struggle. They never had the opportunity to chase their dreams because they're so focused on survival and supporting. You know young their children and yeah. i've I feel like I've had this feeling for a couple like years now where it's almost like I've been given the opportunity to chase a dream and it's almost like disrespectful if I don't you know what I mean there's a reason why parents sacrifice for their children to put them in a better place in a better position um and to not take that opportunity and kind of go, you know, go for broke with it, I feel like is a little bit of like, hey, I I did all this work so that you could try something out of the ordinary and really make a difference and make a change. So that's what I'm trying to do. That's kind of where all that comes from.
0: Wow. And I got to say, I've been in this business for a long time, 15 years now. And over the course of those 15 years, I've seen a lot of stand-up comedians uh, enter the scene and leave the scene. And uh, it, it is rare to see someone like you that shows up on the scene that works as hard as you work and that is as funny as you are funny. Some people are just naturally gifted and then they really have to like put the effort in for that work thing because they just they don't really know how to do it. It just comes so easy to them. And some mm-hmm. people just grind and grind and grind, and yet that natural whatever that is, isn't there. It's not every day that someone like you comes along who has both of those things. And it is very special. It is very, very fun to watch. And I cannot wait to be at the Canada Life Centre. Uh, let's be honest, I'll be in the back because I will not be able to afford the tickets. I will be... <laughs> those are expensive. I know, I know you, it's going to be front row, 250 bucks. And then, you know, in the back, you know, 75, and I'll be all right. Yeah. If I can get a group on, I will be there. Or I'll just be like, Hey, remember when you did my podcast, you might sneak me in the back and I I'll support you any way I can, but no, um, I I'm looking forward to seeing where you're going because seeing where you're, how you started and what you're doing right now is, is tremendous. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Tremendous.
1: Thank you so much. That means a lot coming from you, Matt. I've seen you perform, and honestly, like, the way that you bring energy to the stage and, like, create an event every time you're on the microphone is something that I admire as well.
0: That is so very kind and unnecessary, but also <laughs> I, I should make mandatory for my guests. I would like one compliment for every episode. I've been getting them the last couple podcasts, and I now I'm getting used to it. And do you have anything nice to say about me? That's what... <laughs> How do people get in touch with you? How do they get a hold of you? Where can they follow you?
1: Well, uh, I have my website up. Uh, It's www.EmmanuelLumoreau.com. I will be putting more videos on there, but for right now, just like show dates and a couple photos of me doing stand-up. On Instagram, I am Elumoreau. That's uh, E-L-O-M-U-R-O on Instagram. Same thing on TikTok, um, and same thing on Twitter. But my Twitter is kind of a wasteland um, I'm not yeah. I'm not proud of what happens there um, yeah. I go that's by fair. Dr. Armando on there because <laughs> everyone lies on Twitter everyone's a doctor so I'm a doctor too anyways but that's not <laughs> important but yeah mostly TikTok Instagram on um, a website to keep up to date and find out what I'm up to
0: Incredible. We'll put all those links in the show notes. Big thank you to my guest, Emmanuel Le Moreau, And thank you to the ghosts of comedy past, present, and future. And of course, come on now, most of all, thank you to you, our loyal and faithful listeners. Please, would you do us a favor, if you haven't already done it, because so many of you already have, would you consider leaving us a review, subscribing to us on your favorite podcast platform. That would help us out so much. Hey, I'm Matt Falk. Until next time, God bless us, everyone.